rips one into the night, deep into right, way out. Moves to the right, it goes directly to Clement. Clement reverses it, and the pass goes into the end zone. To Nick Foles. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Talking Two One Five. We got a great episode for you today. We're going to recap Mister Harden's debut with Philly. As always, the host with the most. I'm joined here by Jakey B. Jake, what's up, brother? Uh, Sixers championship odds. They're up. I mean, my goodness, it, that was fun to watch, man. That was just fun to watch. Yeah, and you know, I, I think a lot of people what they always think about James Harden is, you know. 50 shots a game, going to score 40 points. But, you know, he dished out 12 assists, had eight rebounds. You know, he almost had himself a triple-double. But, you know, could have had a lot more than 12 assists, too, had some shots falling. But it just kind of goes to show you that there was this media narrative out there that the Nets won the trade, the Nets won the trade. And, look, it's been one game. We're not going to jump too crazy into it here. But this guy meshed instantly with this team. He's had all the individual accolades. Now he wants the team accolades as well. So you could see that everybody was kind of vibing with him on the court last night. Oh, 100%. And no, I mean, he could have had so many more assists. I mean, Tobias Harris was, he had so many wide open three looks that he just was clanking. He was a little bit off last night, but, you know, we'll give him the break. They won by 31. So who really cares? But he was finding people wide open. And that's what you're going to see with Joel and Harden on the floor out there. And I mean, credit to Doc. He, aside from when they were up 25, he left one of them in at all points of the game. And so I'm hoping that that continues because obviously this bench is something that is kind of an Achilles heel for this team. Not the deepest bench, not a whole lot of weapons on the wing uh, as far as depth go or backup centers or anything. I know we saw a little bit of Willie Cauley Stein there at the very end. Uh, I know they signed him to a 10 day recently, but just talking about Harden and his debut, it was just so fun to watch. That ball movement was insane. I tweeted out there, I haven't seen ball movement like that since like the Tim Duncan Spurs. I mean, they were just, the chemistry was absurd, especially for the first game that they're playing all out there together. I think too, aside from, you know, the fact that he was, you know, able to find his teammates, you know, the assist numbers are up. I think he's third in the NBA in assists per game, something like that as well. You know, so so he, he can facilitate and share the basketball. You know, to me, it was more of the shot creation because we've seen a lot of times, especially in the playoffs, when, you know, we need a shot with the shot clock going down four, three, two. We dump it in the Joel and he's double teamed and he has to make a heroic shot. Mm-hmm. While he's able to do that, the frequency and success rate of that always depending on him to make a heroic shot isn't something that you want to play the odds on, you know? So last night you saw, you know, where Harden was able to, you know, just create his own shot. He had a one-on-one matchup. He was able to make a shot. He was able to, you know, shoot threes. He had two and one threes, able to drive to the bucket, get a double team, dish it off. So I think that ability when teams are doubling Joe, when everything is going wrong, when, you know, the shot clock's winding down, we have a guy that can go get that bucket too. 
Oh, for sure. You saw him multiple times. He, like whether he do that little quick draw step back three, or it's winding down and they start pressing in because they see the the defense sees that the clock's winding down. They need to get a shot off, and that leaves you saw multiple times Maxi just nobody within fifteen feet of him, and he quickly just bullet passes it over to Maxi with three seconds left. That's plenty of time for him to catch the ball, set his feet, get a nice form, and stroke a three. And it was just beautiful to watch, whether it's Maxi out there. Niang had a couple of them out there. I saw Cork Maz. He stroked one. All over the court, you saw, like we said, Tobias was kind of clanking a couple. Uh, but all over the court, you were seeing they, the defense had no idea what to do. They start pressing in on him, trying to force him to make a move. Boom, bullet pass right there over to the to the wing. You see him just floating it right over to Joel in the paint. It was it was really impressive to watch. And when you saw that stat line of Joel in the 30s and then Harden and Maxi both in the upper 20s, I mean, that's what you're really going to see. That's what you're going to see night in, night out, whether it be Maxi picking up that other 20-point game, whether it be Tobias having a little bit better feel from beyond the arc. You can have so many different guys step up and play that role where Harden, it's, it's exactly the kind of role he wants to be in. He spoke today saying, or maybe it was last night, saying, look, I've accomplished everything personally. Like, I know and we all know what I'm here for. We're here for the chip. Like, we're here to win it as a team. I've already accomplished my personal accolades. And that's just incredible. It, it, it's awesome. It's really just awesome to watch, and I can't wait to see more of it. Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I can't, you know, I can't believe James Harden is a sixer. That just sounds so weird to say. It was kind of like, you jinxed it into existence, man. You're like, not happening. Guys, give up the hope. You jinxed it right there into existence. But look, you know, I'm notoriously known for the glass half full guy that I I need to do a little reverse psychology too, saying, you know, "Ah, no, we're not not winning another game in our franchise history. That's just, that's just what it is. Uh, But, you know, T.O. is an Eagle. Bryce Harper is a Philly. Like those statements never really seemed real to me. And this one still doesn't either that James Harden is a sixer. I'm glad it is. But that just kind of goes to show you that like there was all sorts of guys and look, I'm guilty of it too. At at one point with the Ben drama and saga, whatever you want to call it. I was like, take buddy healed and a first round pick take, you know, we talked about what TJ McConnell and, you know, (laughs) there were so many random Sacramento Kings, Indiana Pacers, just like trade scenarios where we were like, just do it. Pull the trigger. Get it yeah. done. And now we held out for the big fish. Hats off to Daryl Morey. He did it. He got his guy. We know the relationship he had there with him. And this is a trade that would have happened a long time ago. I don't want to say a long time ago, but earlier, if the Houston Rockets didn't hate Daryl Morey. Oh, yeah. And, and they, they would have gotten so much more. And they would have gotten so much. They would have gotten Maxi. They would have gotten Ben. They would have had – like the, the rumors are it was Maxi. Thibel, Ben, and a first was what was being offered by Maury. That, that's absurd. And now that you're looking at it and we gave up, look, don't get me wrong, Andre Drummond, you've heard me talk about him a lot. Big fan of his. We're, we're definitely mi- going to miss his contribution uh, coming off the bench. Seth Curry, great from beyond the arc. We're going to miss that contribution unless we got guys like Green really stepping up last night and, and Maxie doing his job. So, you know, might be a little bit overshadowed by the the ability to create space now with Harden and Joel out there, but still we're going to miss those guys. But for weeks, all we heard from the national media and everything was like, Oh man, Sixers got fleeced. They gave up so much Two firsts, Oh, two role players and a star, a young star. He's not even 26. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. For James Harden, the guy's fat. 
He's lazy. He just goes to strip clubs. Like that's always stop. Like the guy is exactly what we saw last night. The guy's a baller. Also, people forget we got Paul Millsap in that trade, and he turned out to be a nice little junkyard dog. Like oh, a yeah. nice little, you know, minute filler, a veteran that, you know, when we put the second unit in, you don't got to worry about, you know, the clown show running around with their heads cut off. This is a guy that can rally the team, get offensive rebounds, control the paint, you know, is a veteran, is smart, is savvy. And he's been doing that dirty work for us these last few games, too, that that you really miss with Drummond being out. But one thing I wanted to ask you, too, Jake, touch on, Danny Green had some comments about, you know, how, you know, he doesn't think Ben Simmons will play March 10th because he said, look, I just don't see it. But he also said he feels for Seth and Drummond because they weren't really on good terms with Ben either when, you know, this whole thing was down because apparently all the Sixers tried to reach out to Ben and it's one thing if you're upset with the fans, with management, with the coach, whatever. But you answer the calls of your boys. Oh, yeah. You answer the texts of your boys. When your boys reach out, you respond back. So he wasn't doing that. So Seth and Andre were like, man, bump this guy. I'm done with him, too. So now to be on the same team, he's Danny Green was saying it's going to be awkward. But he doesn't think Ben Simmons will play the 10th. And he also thinks if he does play, that there's going to be no dapping up or handshake before or after the game. It's going to be like that. No, no, 100%. And it's look, Danny Green. I have a lot of different feelings about Danny Green. You have him the offseason last year saying it's the fans' fault and, you know, we need to be more supportive and stop booing and everything. And then you have him this year really stepping up, being like, yeah, man, like screw Ben Simmons. Yeah, I hate that guy. I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, do, do your job, get more points than you have turnovers and, and penalties, and then we'll talk. Like, it, we were joking. I know earlier in the in the season, we were joking on the podcast. Like, how many games will Danny Green have more turnovers and fouls than he has points? And for a while, for a stretch there, it was pretty much every game. Look, Danny Green's good at what he does. He's what forty ninth all time with three point shooting percentage all time. Like, that's great. That's great. This season, he's not doing that great. Had a good game last night. He'll have a good game sporadically here or there. But look, Danny Green. I get what you're saying, and I'm glad that you're saying because you're kind of saying what what we're all thinking. But it's just the flip flopping that where I'm like, it's coming from this guy specifically. I'm really rambling here, but I just have so many different well, feelings on Danny Green. Well, yeah, it can be flip flopping, but it also can be you know a reality check of realization. Oh yeah, I mean, think about it, Joel. Embiid, At the time, he was probably like, yeah, Ben, like I feel for him, you know. Yeah, and then he because realized like, okay, this is his real colors. Ben was still technically a Sixer at that time, so I get it, yeah. but. If you remember, Joel Embiid was called fat and out of shape by the Philly media, drinking Shirley Temples and everything like that. That's the reason, you know, he he has to be pulled in the fourth quarter of certain games, yada, yada. Embiid said, yeah, you were right. I was out of shape. That's my bad. You know, mm-hmm. I changed. I got to change my stance. That's on me. I, I sucked and I needed to get better, blah, blah, blah. He admitted that. So that could be something like what Danny Green's kind of doing, you know, in an indirect way. Like, like you know what? I see it now, Philly. Like, look, I had to defend him because he was my teammate yeah, at that no, time. that's fair. You know, I, he was my teammate at that time. I couldn't speak ill of him because how awkward would that be if Ben said, you know what, I do want to come back to the Sixers. And Danny was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> just talk trash about you. But um, look, but now he's trying to put now he's trying to put his boys in an awkward situation where he's like, yeah, Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. They said, screw this guy. We hate this guy. Have fun. Like now he's putting his boys in an awkward situation. You know, Seth and Andre are like, Danny, come on, bro. Yeah, and Seth came out real quick, and he was like, look, you know, I have no ill feelings towards Ben. Like, he was doing what was best for him business-wise and and personally and all. And I'm like, wow, breaking headline. 
coworker stands up for current like teammate like what is what do you want him to do like yeah you know what screw ben he's a piece of shit like right. oh hey bud i'll see you in the locker room like what do you what do you expect him to do but i will say i do love Embiid and the way he cleverly takes indirect shots at ben oh yeah. when asked about james harden he goes we've never really had a guard here that could create his own shot we've never really had a guard here that you know wasn't scared to attack and you know that w- didn't want to come up uh small in big time situations so what a breath <laughs> of fresh air that is and i'm like oh oh boy just I twist you, the knife. i see you but speaking of danny green jake i think he's going to be a huge recipient of this james harden oh, edition. when you have to worry about doubling joe kick out the danny green doubling um harden kick out the danny green when you have to worry about harden and Embiid. There's going to be a lot of open corner threes where you're just sitting there. So, Ferk, uh, Green, even Thibault was getting a couple looks there too. You mm-hmm. know, we talked about Tobias. There's going to be a lot of recipients of some very, very open looks, and we just got to hit them because those two guys are going to draw a lot of attention. Oh, for sure. And I know this is kind of like the hardened reaction episode and all, but Thibault, I posted last night, and it's not like it's a new thought or anything. Thibault is really like a three-point shot away from being an all-star. I mean, he does so, so much. He does so much good on the court. It's it's incredible. And the the kind of pros and cons about that is like, look, yeah, his three point shot's not that great, but he's not afraid to take it. He's not afraid to work on it. He's not afraid to acknowledge it. Like the guy is such a polar opposite from what we had in Ben Simmons. Obviously, like, you know, they don't play the same position. He, they've already he's been on the team for this is his third season and everything, but it's just still so it's so refreshing every night. And it's why Thibel is loved by so many. I mean, you heard all the time like, man, I really hope we don't get rid of Thibel. At the time, he was a bench player. He was a, an important bench player. But he was a bench player that's incredible at defense and occasionally will give you 10 points. And they were still like, man, I really, really hope we don't get rid of this guy. And it just talks talks the player in, in person that he is, that he's going to be straight with the fans. He's going to respond to criticism. He's going to respond to, you know, to a claim. And he's just going to continue to work on his craft. And it's just awesome to watch. And I really think Harden is only going to benefit that because obviously his defense is second to none. I argue he's one of the best, if not the best defender in the NBA. And I watched a really cool video. I'll post it on the Twitter for you all to, to watch it, really breaking down in depth his defensive prowess out on the field on, on the field on the court and i think the addition of james harden you saw it, it, it before he was playing just having him kind of as that player coach for the offensive side is only going to help five like you saw it with maxi when he just went crazy for 14 points in the second quarter after he had a, a nice and passionate talk with harden on the sideline like you're going to see that with thibel you're going to see it with everybody but i think thibel just offensively is really going to start to blossom into that player where he can really be a, a key contributor once Danny Green probably after this season is gone. Absolutely. If he can if he can increase that three point percentage, even like five to seven percent, I mean, you're looking at a, a completely different player and a dangerous offense. But but yeah, Thibel's defense, second to none. With him and Joe, you know, we have two elite top five defenders in the NBA as well. So um the what he creates as far as passing lanes, disruptions causing people to, to force, you know, shots hurried late in the shot clock. Um, his pick and roll defense, his ability to get jump in the lanes, create fast break opportunities. I mean, it's invaluable. So the fact that we were able to get James Harden again, hang on to Maxi and Thibel is just insane. Yeah. I mean, Drummond was probably gone after this season. 
Yeah. Seth has what? Another year after this year under contract for one more year after this? Seth would have been amazing with Harden. I'm not going to lie oh, yeah. because no doubt. you talk about kicking out to a wide open three pointer and Seth has like the greatest three point percentage in NBA history or something like that. Like, <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a better player other than his brother that would be a better recipient than, you know, with James Harden on the team kicking open looks. But, you know, look, that has to be done to, to get a player of James Harden. You weigh the pros yeah. and the cons. And, and the pros outweigh the cons immediately. So I'm looking forward to it, man. The process is rolling. We're going, I mean, Oh, his, his Philadelphia debut, the city's going to burn to the ground. When is that, by the way, is that coming up? Uh, it's gotta be coming up. I mean, I know Are we on a road trip right now. I don't know. A a short road trip. I believe I'm going to pull the schedule right now, but either way, I I guarantee tickets are going to be ridiculous as they should for, for a game like that. Yeah. And then, uh, Let's see. Yeah, they're playing the Knicks tomorrow in New York, and then they don't play again until Wednesday, and that is going to be the Knicks again at the Wells Fargo Center. Knicks, that's a good team to debut with. You know, a lot of history there. A lot of you know, two very historic teams. Harden making his big debut against a a budding Knicks team that still has a lot of growth to to do. But that's going to be a great game. Two great fan bases. Going at it in Philadelphia, it's going to be all blue and red. There, he's going to see see no baby blue and orange. It's going to be just a Sixers haven in the Wells Fargo Center on Wednesday, March second. Let's go, let's go. And I don't want to uh, jinx anything, but that place is going to be rocking more than I oh mean, yeah than anything's probably ever been rocking before. I cannot wait. The Harden eras here, like Harden, Embiid, Tobias, Maxi, like five. But let's go, man. We, we're ready to make this run. Hey, bef- before we end this thing, did, did last night on the sideline and whenever there's a timeout or a stoppage kind of give you that team chemistry of like a 2017 Eagles vibe? Did it not kind of give you that chemistry where you're like, it's, all it's right, there. Here. It's, You're waiting for Minnesota it, it to start like playing dreams again, and nightmares. I anything, but it, it really feels like that. It really does. It feels it feels right. It just does. Oh yeah. You just see him, and then the post game, you just see like that brotherhood that you saw with that 2017 Eagles team. A lot of new additions that year in 2017. A lot of new additions this year. I don't know. I was waiting, like I said, for Minnesota to start playing dreams and nightmares. <laughs> Everybody, hey, and how fitting is it that you mentioned the 2017 Eagles? Last night we played Minnesota. We won by yep. thirty-one. We played Minnesota uh, NFC in the championship, NFC championship game. game. Won by thirty-one. So, you want to connect those dots with the parallels? Connect them all you want, but we're going, baby. We're going to the ship. Oh yeah, and hey, my bad, everybody. I predicted a thirty-point win. Way off on my prediction. That's that's on me. But you know, if we're going with a uh, deal or no deal or, or price is right, whatever. You know, I'm still under, so I didn't bust. So there you go. I'll, I'll, I'll still take that W, Joey. Final thought. Final thoughts. Embiid MVP. Let's get this ship. Hey, I love it. Final thought. Philadelphia, March 2nd, burning to the ground. Philadelphia, March 10th, Ben Simmons, nowhere to be found. Nice little rhyme for you to end it there.